Good morning, everyone. Why don't we all stand up? Take a couple of deep breaths. Leave it all out there. And we're just glad you're here to worship with us this morning.
joy to be together, Father, as we gather here in your name. You're so good. You're so good, Father. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice and your love, for your victory that you've handed to us. free. We are free. Just say, I am free. Yes. I tried so hard to not see
Thank you, Jesus, that we're seated with you, the victorious one, the one who thought of us while hanging on that cross for redeeming us. Thank you for redeeming us. And thank you that we don't have to be perfect to earn it. But you chose us to carry your victory. And what more can we do than just to praise you and lift your name? It's your breath that you've put in our lungs. So God, we give it back to you in praise. Let your name be glorified today. That as we sing and worship your name, that walls would crumble, chains would break. I declare in Jesus' name the wall of fear broken. I declare in Jesus' name the wall of brokenness and unforgiveness broken. I declare in Jesus' name the walls of religion and tradition broken. God, we thank you that we live in victory. And with those walls broken and those chains gone, all we see is you. We lift our eyes to you. No walls, no barriers, nothing blocking us. And we put our gaze on you, Jesus. In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and promise To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle
Till that stone was moved for good For the land that conquered death And the dead rose from their tombs And the angels stood in awe For the souls of all who'd come To the Father are restored And the church of Christ was born Yeah, let's give up our praise right now. Come on. Father, thank you. Lord, we honor you and we worship you and we celebrate you. We celebrate who you are. We celebrate what you're about. We celebrate your presence here. Lord, we're not just thankful for what you do, what you've done, what you're going to do. We are thankful for you. And we honor you today. We bless you today. Thank you for your presence here. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. You can be seated. Great to see everybody. My name is Jimmy Pruitt. I'm the lead pastor here at The Bridge. For those of you watching online, thanks for being with us. We love you, your online family. Do check in with us if you're watching on Facebook by just letting us know you're watching. Thumbs up, whatever. Just just, uh, send some love. Let us know where you're from. I love to see those names. And you really are. We, we just consider you a part of our family. So thanks for joining us today. Our prayer for you is that the presence we enjoy in this atmosphere, saturated with him, will transfer and translate somehow, some way. God can do that into your living room or wherever you're watching. So thanks for joining us. And if you do have any prayer needs, if you look on the screen, there's an email address there that you can write us, info at bridgefpg.com. That comes to me. And uh, we'll take those prayer requests, get those out. And we want to pray for you and stand with you. Just to give you a heads up, uh, a little bit later we're going to be celebrating communion. So if you want to get your communion elements together, join us and then do follow along with the words, the scriptures, everything. Uh, just, just consider yourself a part of the family. For those of you that are here this morning, I want to say thank you. I know we have some first-time guests here. And we want to welcome you today. So could we welcome our first-time guests with a hand clap? Thank you. Thanks for being here. And we also have a gift for you. This is a little gift bag. This is just to say thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for being here. It's just our way of saying thank you. So do stop by the Connect Center on the way out. It's just out the doors to the left. Fill out a Connect card, and our sweet person back there will give you a bag. It's full of goodies. It's got all kinds of good stuff in it. And so, yeah, thanks again for being with us. Now, before I take another step forward, I have to say this is a special day because we're celebrating Jesus. Amen? Amen. And... 
Hey, amen. And we're celebrating moms, Mother's Day, right? Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that's a good thing. You might want to clap if you're sitting by a mom. So, so this is a real special day for me. For many years, I didn't realize or make the, make the, connect the dots that on, on uh, Mother's Day, every time it would roll around for years, I would get funky. I'd just have funk in my trunk, you know? I mean, just uh, hard to have energy, and I'd feel down. I was like, what is going on with me? And it dawned on me one year after years of this that it was Mother's Day, and I was, I was grieving still for the loss of my mom. She passed at 45 years of age, and I'll tell a little bit more about that story in the message, so I won't steal all that thunder, but, but so for a, for a while, for a number of years, this was a hard day for me, but I have to tell you something. It's not anymore. It's not, and I'll share why in just a little bit, why it's not a hard day for me anymore. In the first service, we had a couple that I did a wedding vow renewal four years ago standing right here in this altar on like a Tuesday with nobody here, just us, and they're going to come back at year 10. I'm going to do it again, so they're at seven now, but they came to visit. They go to Oak Hills in San Antonio, and they came out to visit, and uh, they had no idea. They told me that they came here for Backwoods Barbecue, and they thought, we'll pick up. Hey, Pastor Jimmy's going to be having church, so they came for barbecue. They came in here. He just lost his mom a few weeks ago. And the message and the, and the service and everything so ministered to his heart and his spirit. And that's our prayer for you today, that today what we do here will minister to your heart, minister to your spirit. And f- even though we're celebrating Mother's Day, which is awesome, but we also realize and recognize that some of us have lost moms. And uh, if anything, grandmothers. So we want to honor you today. So here's the thing, if you're a mother, you're a grandmother, first of all, you've been involved in changing family trees. You have impacted and changed history, and in a very real sense, literal sense, we wouldn't be here without you. So thank you for what you do and how you make, I know, some of you are going to be slow to get that one, but I want to say thank you for being here and for letting us honor you today and and be a blessing to you today because you have been a massive blessing to our lives all these years, all these decades later. And so we love you and we honor you. I also want to say that if you're a, you, maybe you haven't had children per se, but you have pets, then you're a mom. So I just want you to know that. We get it. I'm a, I'm a dog person, so I totally get it. So we, we have this thing with pet people. We, we understand and we get it. Those are your children. In fact, I probably show my dogs more love than I do my own kids, just to be honest. So, yeah, sorry, Faith. She's down in the nursery right now. But um, So we want to honor you. And what we want to do, we just want to bless you and pray for you and just say thank you for being you. So if you're sitting next to your spouse who is also a mom, I would invite you right now to just maybe put a hand over there. And if you're not, and then just there may be somebody around you, don't lay hands on them. Just, just put your, extend your hand out their way, you know, COVID and all. So extend your hand that way. And can we pray and bless our mothers? Father, you have blessed our lives with moms. Unbelievable sacrifice, laying down their lives, many for years, for decades on our behalf and the millions of tiny nuanced things that we as kids we as family will never see because they did them as acts of love in hiding in secret under the radar and so Lord right now we want to pause and say thank you for our moms for our mothers for their massive sacrifice 
on our behalf. We are thankful, grateful. They have held it down. When this world is spinning out of control, they have become anchors for our lives, and we are thankful and grateful. Father, today, may they know they are loved. May they feel the honor in this place for them. And may they, even as the day progresses and they spend time, whether they're going out to eat or time with family or on the phone, may they feel appreciated and valued today and heard and felt and seen. And so we hold them up to you and we honor them even as we honor you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Can we give it up for our moms? Come on, just bless them, thank them. So we'll take a minute right now. We're going to spend a little more time in prayer. This is a VIP card. This is for very important people. We do this every week, and you can pick one of these cards up. It's on pretty much on any flat service in the building, but we have them at the Connect Center, and uh, it stands for VIP, very important people. We're praying for salvation. There's 14 blanks, seven on each side, and we're filling these out. We're praying for people. See, I, I remember the day I gave my life to Christ as a senior in high school, and I got baptized at First Baptist Post, Texas by Brother Reese, Pastor Reese. And I'll never forget standing up at the altar, old school Southern Baptist, right? Standing at the altar dripping wet, right? And all these people are coming by. And it was one teacher after another, after another, after another who said, Jimmy, we've been praying for you. And I said, are you sure you're not praying about me? Because I was kind of that kid. You know, we've been praying for you for years. And they got to see the fruit of their prayer. So never underestimate or undervalue the power of praying for someone on purpose and with a purpose. So I would ask that you join us in that. And we're also going to get to do my, one of my favorite things we do. I'll say that about everything. But this is really up in the top. And it is that we get to honor our church of the week. So every week we take time to pray for one of the churches in our community or our area and bless them because we want to be the biggest fan of every church in our community because it is the kingdom of God. When Jesus looks down here, he doesn't just see Bridge Church or as we're going to pray for Bobby and them over at Holy Ghost Lutheran. He sees the bride of Christ. He sees the body of Christ. And so we want to pray Pastor Bobby and Tammy Vitek, I call him the mayor. He's like the unofficial mayor of, uh, of Fredericksburg, and I love him. He's got the most booming voice I think I've ever heard. He startled me more on more than one occasion with his voice, and I love Pastor Bobby and loves a great church. Many of you have been in that church uh, for some years, and, and God's led you here, but we're still in this together. We're family, and so we want to lift up Pastor Bobby. Tammy's so sweet, amazing people, amazing family, amazing church just down the street. So can we pray and bless them? We also want to pray for our nation as well. So join me in lifting up Pastor Bobby. If you see him in the community, tell him, hey, we prayed for you. We prayed for you. We love you. We're for you. Let's pray together. Father, it's our privilege to lift up Pastor Bobby and Tammy Vitek at Holy Ghost Lutheran Church. We lift up that great church, long-standing history in this community, beautiful community church. We hold them up. Thank you for what they do, for what they represent, and for who they represent, Jesus And so thank you. Father, I pray for Pastor Bobby and Tammy that even today they would sense a lift that 450 people prayed for them today, that they would know they've been prayed for, blessed, and encouraged in the things of the Spirit and the kingdom. So we hold them up and we thank you for them. And Father, we pray for those on our VIP cards. Lord, so many people, you've imprinted them on our heart or we wouldn't have written them down on these cards. 
And so, Lord, we hold them up. We pray that they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And we pray that they would come to know you as Lord, as Savior. And so we lift them up. And, Father, for our nation, we're a nation in crisis, and we need your help. Father, we need you. Your word says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that you will hear from heaven and you will heal our land and forgive our sins. So, Lord Jesus, thank you that you have forgiven our sins. You've taken them on the cross. And we now live on this side of the resurrection. We say thank you for what you've done. We need your help now as a nation. We need your help. We turn to you. We as a church family turn to you. We hold up our government and our leaders. We need your help. For Pastor Archer, who was arrested in in Alberta, Canada, Lord, we hold them up. We hold that pastor and that church up, Lord, who's been incarcerated for trying to have church. God, I pray for a breakthrough for Canada and all that's going on in the world in the way of persecution and restrictions and laws. So we pray for that. For your grace, we need you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. It's always important because I'm a guy and the guys are going to understand what I'm about to do. Just so you'll know, all of the guys in the church, there's the exits right over there. You'll see those two. There's one right behind that booth right there. There's one out the big door over there, and there's one right here. And as a guy who never sits with his back to the doors in a restaurant, you get it. Can I get an amen from the men? You, you're welcome. Appreciate it. The, the ladies are going, I don't even know what they're doing. So it's all right. So we want to just a couple of things bring you up to speed. We have our men's breakfast coming up on Saturday, this coming Saturday, the 15th. Last time, Rex and Jason cooked up a massive, amazing meal. We had a lot, 50 guys there. We had a great time, and we would love to have you out. And uh, it's at 9 a.m. Do sign up. That will help us. You can go on our website, or you can sign up at the Connect Center. But do let us know you're coming. That way we'll, and bring somebody, bring somebody with you. This is a great time to get together. We'll meet right back here in the Catalyst area. You can either come through the building, you can just park right out here and go in through the side door over there. And then on, we're having a Bridge Life membership class. Many of you have asked about membership. We're doing that on the 16th. That's next Sunday right after the second service. We need you to register for that as well. You can go on our website and do that because we need to know how many are coming because we serve a lunch or if you need child care as well, and that's on the registration piece. So do that. And then also, you have cried. We have heard the bleating of sheep. You have cried out for a bulletin. And coming off of COVID, we made a, a uh, decision, unilateral decision, not to do paper bulletins and kill any more trees or, or destroy our copier, which that happens a lot. So what we're doing is a digital bu- bulletin. You'll notice out at the Connect Center, there's a vertical screen. That is all the things that are going on during the week. You'll also re- receive, if you're on our, in our database, you'll receive a weekly bulletin, a digital bulletin as well, and you'll receive on social media, you'll also see it. I'm trying to think of all the platforms we're using. On Facebook, you'll see it as well. And then um, there was one other. Thank you. The website. Thank you, Michael. I recognize that voice. Technical guy. That's an IT bro. So, um, so it'll be on the website as well. So be looking for that for the week. Because a lot of you are saying, hey, we just want to stay in the loop on what's coming up. We have a lot of things. We've kicked back off, running full steam. We get it. So we're trying to get, get it out on as many platforms except paper as possible. So amen and hallelujah. So all right. Um, 
Now I want to shift gears and enter into a time where we celebrate communion. If you're online, do join us. We want you to be a part of that and celebrate with us. Um, I always get emotional talking about communion because I think about what Jesus must have thought about. I'm an empath, big time. And so Jesus, when he was with his disciples on the night before he was betrayed, we call it the Last Supper, he was gathered with them. And I want you to imagine with your sanctified imagination for a second. God gave you this gift of an imagination. Imagine sitting at a table with these guys, 12 guys, probably some ladies around the room too because there were women that were with him as well. But this inner circle of disciples sitting around a table, actually reclining in, in true Jewish fashion, they're reclining at the table, and they're recounting and recalling all the adventures they had been on for three years. You have to understand that Jewish meals were not a solemn occasion. The Jewish people, there's nothing solemn there. They are celebrators. Went to a Jewish church, Messianic Jewish church, when we were in Israel, and when we thought it was over after three hours, they moved all the chairs back and we danced for another three hours. So there's nothing chill about that. So you can imagine when they were together, that Jesus was taking it all in. They did not know what was coming. They didn't know that this was going to be the last week of his earthly life as the Son of Man. But Jesus knew. He saw what was coming. And you can imagine him taking it in. Can you imagine the emotion that Jesus felt? There's John over there, his beloved disciple, his best friend. There's Peter. I mean, go big or go home, Peter, sitting over there probably talking about some crazy adventure they'd been on. There's Thomas over there wondering about it all, right? Like, oh, I don't know about all this still. After three years, I'm still wondering. You know what I mean? All of these personalities in this room, Judas is over there thinking how he can skim some more off the top for himself. Matthew's probably over there writing things down in linear form, all the details. This was the personality group that was together called the disciples who became the missionaries, the apostles. As they're together, Jesus just takes a snapshot of this moment. And he says, when you come together like this, I want you to remember me. And so if you grabbed a cup on the way in, if you don't have one, we'll get one to you. There's Jason and Amy. They're coming down the row. Just raise your hand. We'll get one to you. And we want, you know, we practice open communion here at the bridge. Jesus didn't block anybody away from the table. We're not either. But we just ask that you do this. Come with an open heart. Come with an open heart. Maybe your first time, we welcome you to do that here with us. Just come with an open heart. And so for those of you for on a housekeeping, if you'll peel back... The clear one first, not all the way, and then peel back the gold one to reveal the juice. Just be very careful. You can take that little wafer out. So Jesus has taken it all in, takes a snapshot. When you come together like this, remember me. And so that's why we do communion every week is because we want to pause and remember him. We don't do it because of a denomination. I'm not Churches of Christ. My background is Southern Baptist. We did it once a quarter if we remembered to. And I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just that wasn't a priority. But for the Churches of Christ, it's an every week thing. And for others, I like to do it every week because I want to pause and remember and be grateful for what Jesus did. Because I don't know about you, but he's been pretty active since last week. So there's so much going on. I want to stop and remember. So I want to invite you right now 
to remember. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes? When he was with his disciples, he picked up this piece of bread. It's probably more like a cracker. It's unleavened. It's a matzah bread. And he held it and he said, this is my body given for you. Given, not taken, but given. And then he took up a goblet of wine, just a common cup, held it before them. This is Jesus, remember, who makes the ordinary extraordinary. He says, this is my blood poured out for you for the remission of sins. Lord Jesus, we pause right now. We press pause on the drama of life and we remember. Thank you. Thank you for giving your life for us. We are forever, eternally grateful. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take the elements. Amen. If you would, hold on to those until after the service and on your way out. Any of the black uh, trash cans, just drop them in. That will help us out tremendously. I want to dismiss our children to their Bridge Kids classes. We're grateful for the next generation and also for our teachers and helpers who are helping out. Can we pray for our children? Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up the next generation. We thank you for our kids. Thank you for the life that is in them and the destiny that is upon them. And Lord, give us grace to steward their destinies well. And we pray for our teachers, our leaders, our volunteers. Encourage them, bless them, anoint them as they bring life to these kids. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Can we clap for our kids as they head to their class? Fantastic. Amen. While they're heading out to the class, I want to take a moment and say thank you for your giving, your consistent, amazing giving. We are very blessed here in Fredericksburg, very blessed here at the bridge. You're so generous. What I want you to do is get your eyes on the screen because we want to show you the ministries we are blessed to support. So I want you to know something. You're not giving to the church. You're giving through the church. I want you to see all the different ministries that we support on an ongoing basis financially through prayer. And maybe one of those stands out to you right now. And as we pray over this offering, I would invite you to just take a moment and pray for those. Now, we're going to remain seated because we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. Uh, Pastor Russ and Chris are going to bring an amazing song. We introduced this to you on Wednesday night at our worship night, which was amazing. I'm still buzzing from it. And uh, they, they did this song for us. Feel free to sing along, but don't get lost singing if, you, if you're having a hard time reading the lyrics because I really want you to hear the heart and the message of this song. And what, during this time, you'll be released to go give your offering uh, in any of the black boxes around here. Just bless it and put it in, and you're good to go. And so uh, just stay seated in a spirit of prayer, but also as we give. So let me pray for our offering. Father, thank you for the privilege of giving today. We are blessed, and we give in faith and by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. And this reckoning I know I will never
Should I ever need reminded 
Father, we love you, and right now, we are so grateful for the privilege of worship, worship and giving, worship and communion, worship and celebrating song. Now, Lord, we turn our hearts to worship in regards to the word. So, Lord, I'm asking a favor today. Would you open our eyes that we may see, our ears that we may hear, and our hearts that we may know the truth that makes us free. We open our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. If you would, turn your attention to the screen. What Jesus did in the lives that he encountered is remarkable. In fact, it made history, and I'll share how that happens. But here's the thing. Jesus not only elevated all of us, which he did, the whole value of human life, but Jesus elevated the value of women in a world and in a culture that devalued them. He made the ground level at the foot of the cross. Can I get an amen? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what, family? Saved. There's something that happens when you have an encounter with a living Christ, with Jesus himself. 
And I have to share a story because it being mom's day, I can't help but not think about this. Those of you who don't know, my mom passed away at a very young age. She was 45 years of age. She had a, a severe, massive coronary that, that, that destroyed over 60% of her heart. She was not able to recover from that, nor was she a transplant candidate at the time. I was a college student, and I got that call that no one ever wants to get. Many of you know exactly what call I'm talking about. It's just that call. The one that changes the trajectory of your life. It shifts everything. It, it changes, it can even change family trees. And I remember getting that call, and it was my grandmother calling to say, you need to get here to Lubbock. I was living in Brownwood, Texas, going to Howard Payne University, student, uh, we were towards the end of the semester, finals coming up. We were kind of making that push into finals, and I got the call. And my grandmother said, get here as fast as you can. Your mother's had a heart attack, and we don't know if she's going to make it. I don't even remember hanging the phone up. Next thing I remember, a police officer's pulling me over at Bangs, Texas, wondering why I'm going so fast. In the middle of the night, and I rolled down my window, I said, sir, my mom had a heart attack. She's in Lubbock. I'm a student at Howard Payne. He said, get, get going, boy. Just go, but be safe. I appreciated that. That was the first of many acts of kindness that I experienced over the next 30-plus days. I get to Lubbock. I get to um, Methodist Hospital there in Lubbock, and I walk and find out where her room is. I'm up there, and I walk down the hall, and I see all my family. I see my uncles, her brothers. I see my grandmother, and... And there's people weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And all of you know, many of you have been, been in this. You get it. And I remember walking in, and, and before I bolted into the room, which I was about to do, my grandmother stopped me, and she said, you need to prepare yourself for what you're about to see. And I'm like, you know, I was like Peter, you know, Peter and James run into the empty tomb, man, just bolt right in. So I just went in the room, and I was just arrested by what I saw. Uh, there were so many tubes and IV bags and monitors, and there was stuff in and out of her body physically, and she was completely out at that time because it had just happened a few hours before. And, and I was just, I was horrified. I was in shock. I'll never forget the smell of the room. I'll never forget the sound of that oxygenator thing. I don't know what you call it. I'm sure there's a technical name for it, that bubbling water and all the little alarms that would go off periodically and a nurse would dodge in, you know, jump in and hit a button, turn it off, and then it would happen again. I learned how to read oxygen sats and pulse rate and all that blood pressure. I learned to read those monitors over the next 30 days because even as a layperson, when you're there 24-7, you start to recognize and see and watch patterns and trends, and it's just... It becomes for a season a culture in and of itself, and you're in it whether you want to be or not. Got to know people who were waiting for their loved ones as well, would see them on an ongoing basis. So I decided I would take the night shift. And so while all those machines were going and the hospital began to settle down and visitors exited, I stayed in mom's room at night. And I'll never forget I left, I'd usually leave at 4 or 5 in the morning, then one of my uncles would probably show up and take my place, and we just stayed with her 24-7. And I remember, I remember leaving that room one night, and then I went to, to my brother's place, I crashed for a little bit, and I got back up as soon as I could, 
And when I walked up, my grandmother said to me, she said, oh, my gosh, Jimmy, you, you need to go see your mom. You need to go talk to her. Something's happened. Well, I mean, my first thought was, oh, no. But I didn't realize it was going to be, oh, my God. So I walk in the room, and she looks different in her countenance. She's alive. She's, she's like alive. Like There's just something life in her that I hadn't seen in days, weeks even. And she said, oh, I'm so glad you're here. And she called me by my name, which you cannot, Jimmy Dale. And you have to say Dale with two syllables, Dale, because we're from West Texas. Jimmy Dale. She said, Jimmy Dale, come over here. And I was, I'm like, what? I thought, is she healed or what? But what I didn't know is that she had had a true on, full-on encounter with Jesus after I'd left the room. And she began to explain it to me. She said, there was a light. She said, after you left, there was a light that came into the room, and it was almost blinding. I couldn't see, but I could see the silhouette of a man. And she said, it was Jesus, and he talked to me. Now, you need to understand something about my mom and my family. We were not a Christian family. I mean, they would say they were Christian, but we never went to church. A handful of times, I can count on both my hands, Growing up, how many times I went to church. They were nominally Christian. They weren't anti-God or atheist or any of that. It's just we were busy doing the life, living the dream, the American dream. So we didn't have time for church or God or anything like that. So to hear my mom saying that she saw Jesus, she had an encounter. See, by this time in my life, I had taken a step. I was a ministerial student preparing for this, preparing for the ministry. And God had encountered me and opened my eyes, and I had begun to learn the truth of God's Word and what it means, how to lead a church, and all the various things that we were learning in that environment, that academic environment at Howard Payne. But to hear my mom saying these things was a mind-blower because she never said these things. We never talked about this stuff growing up. And all of a sudden, she is like alive because she's had an encounter with Jesus I didn't know what that meant. I had a couple of thoughts. One is, what if I'd stayed a little bit longer? Would I have seen what she saw? Or maybe God needed me to get out of the way so he could encounter. I don't know, but you've got to wonder sometimes. I just know that she was more alive in the last few weeks of her life than she was ever in her entire life because she did pass away. They sent her home and... Uh, Later, I realized it was, they sent her home to die because there was nothing they could do. Didn't tell us that at the time, but got a call not long after that that she had passed. And you know what I had? Peace. I had peace because she knew. In fact, she knew so much that she told everybody who came in the room, every nurse, every doctor, her brothers, my three uncles who were wild men at the time, and she, she wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. See, here's the thing, family. When you have a real encounter with Jesus, you can't not talk about him. You can't not tell people. I don't know about you. I can't keep good news to myself. And the better the news, the less I keep to myself. Amen? And mom could not stop talking. And I'm telling you, we had a glorious couple of weeks after that, and then she passed. But here's what I know. Her life was changed for eternity because of that encounter with Jesus.
Here's what's beautiful about Scripture. There are many accounts in Scripture of Jesus encountering women whose lives were forever changed for eternity because of an encounter with Jesus Christ, the Messiah. One such lady, it's a very famous passage, John chapter 4, and it's the woman at the well. Oh, not just any woman, a Samaritan woman at the well. Let me set it up a little bit. Jesus was with his disciples. They had been ministering in Jerusalem, and they were going to go back up to Galilee, which is Jesus' home place, and they were going to have to cross through an area called Samaria. Now, in Israel, you had uh, the Galilee in the north, Judea in the south, which is where Jerusalem is, and then in between where you had to go to get from one to the other, you had to pass through this icky place called Samaria. We might call it in our vernacular the other side of the tracks, the bad part, the place you don't ever go, especially at night. And don't go unescorted because it's a dangerous place because those are bad people. And the reason Samaria had gotten that reputation is because the Samaritan people who were mostly Jewish had intermarried with Roman colonies. The Romans had colonized and moved there. A lot of them had retired from their, from their army, from their, their service, and had retired in Samaria, and they had intermarried with the Jewish people, and so they were considered a mixed race. Don't think racism is a new thing. It's been around forever, family. And it was, it was full on right there. During the intertestamental period, there was a 400-year gap between the close of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, and the writing of the New when Jesus showed up, right? The Christ child. There was a 400-year gap, some say of silence, some others don't. There's different speculation about that. But during the intertestamental period, there was war and enmity between the Samaritans and the Jewish people, particularly those in Jerusalem. And it got so bad, it turned into a bloodbath on several occasions. There were revolts and, and civil wars, and so much so that the Roman, ha- the Roman hammer had to come down on those. And many were crucified by the Romans to make an example and try to shut down the unrest. That's how much enmity and hatred there was between Jews and Samaritans. Jesus is with his disciples. Fast forward now. He's got his group. They're going to head up to Galilee, and Jesus says this, and the Scripture says it in John 4, that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Wait a minute. That's not technically true. In fact, any good Jew knew there was another route around Samaria. They would actually, from Jerusalem, cross over the Jordan River, and then they would go up on the east side of the country, on the east side of the Jordan, get past Samaria, cross the Jordan River again, and then go up into the Galilee. So they would bypass, totally bypass Samaria, because it was dangerous for a Jew to go through there. But the Scripture says, Jesus had to go through Samaria. Do you know why? Because the Greek word for that doesn't mean had to. It means he necessarily needed to go. So it means he, it was necessary that he go through there because there was a divine appointment waiting to happen with a Samaritan, ooh, and a woman, ooh, ick. We're talking about Culturally speaking, the lowest of the low. How low can you go? 
She'd been married five times. She was considered illicit and immoral. So you have a Samaritan who are already looked down upon, and now you've got an immoral woman, Samaritan, who'd been through uh, marriage and divorce multiple times. And here's the thing. Every day, the women of the community, they went through, it was a place called Sychar in Samaria, and there was a well about 0.7 miles out, a little over half a mile, called Jacob's Well. Ever heard of that? So Jacob's Well is still in existence today. In fact, today, even with settling soot and whatnot, it's still over 100 feet deep right now. It was a deep well. It produced water for centuries. So Jacob had actually dug that well. And it was that site where Jesus had a divine appointment waiting. The disciples were not too excited about it. First of all, they didn't want to go to Samaria. Secondly, they didn't want to leave Jesus alone, but Jesus insisted they go into town to get food. He said, I'm going to wait out here. They had no idea what was about to happen. So Jesus is waiting at Jacob's well, and up comes walking a woman at noon, the sixth hour, middle of the day. The hottest part of the day. Now, you have to understand, the women every day would go out to Jacob's well, would draw water in cisterns that they would carry, two big ones on their shoulders, but they would all come together for safety and because it was the cool of the morning. But for some weird reason, here's this Samaritan woman in the middle of the day, the hottest part of the day, alone and by herself. Now, I want you to turn your attention to the screen. I'm going to show you a clip from The Chosen, Episode 8, Season 1. And it's the story of the woman at the well. And you'll find out why she was out there at that time of day. And let's see how Jesus handled her. Give me a drink. Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? You, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan, and a woman. I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the, the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come at noon in the heat, as you have so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. I, I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. 
Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Wood. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish water is better than Samaritan water. Hmm? That's not what I said. Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well? Your water is better than his? I know, Jacob. And everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Wouldn't that be nice? The water I give will become in a person a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Really? Yes, really. Prove it. First, go and call your husband and come back. I will show you both. I don't have a husband. You are right. You've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. <laughs> oh, I see. You're a prophet. You're here to preach at me. No. Usually the one good thing about coming here alone is I can escape being condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. I've made mistakes. Too many. But it's men like you who have made it impossible for me to do anything about it. How? Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place for true worship. They say that because the temple is there. Yeah. Exactly where we're not allowed. I'm here to break those barriers. And the time is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So, where am I supposed to go when I need God? I've never received anything from God, but I couldn't thank Him, even if I did. Anywhere. God is spirit. And the time is coming and is now here. That it won't matter where you worship, but only that you do it in spirit and truth. Heart and mind, that, that is the kind of worshiper He's looking for. It won't matter where you're from or what you've done. Do you believe what I'm telling you? <laughs> Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me. I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married, but he wasn't a good man. Hurt you, and it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. 
On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? <laughs> I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon. Just the heart. You promise. I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> Water. You forgot your um. Foxy, a man who told me everything I ever did. <laughs> in an interview with Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in the series, he said that's one of his favorite scenes that they've ever done because he was so able to enter into character. Those tears you saw are real tears as he was experiencing that moment. It's a powerful, powerful moment. What is so powerful for me about that moment is that when I see her and the way he responded to her, the thought occurs to me, a guy, a dude, I'm that woman. I'm the Samaritan woman. I may not have had five whatever, but I've made a ton of mistakes through the years. And before I was a follower of Jesus, I made a whole bunch of mistakes, all of which would disqualify me from anything amazing. Then I became a Christian, and I continued to make mistakes, continued to blow it, continued to misfire, continued to just whiff the ball over and over and over. It wasn't strike three. It was strike 10, strike 20, strike 30. It was just on and on. So when I see that scene, I get a two-eye cry, because I'm going, that's me. I can relate to her. When she said, I'm unworthy, every person in this room has felt that. And I would say the greater percentage of people in this room right now feel that way right now. You feel unworthy. But you know what Jesus said to a Samaritan woman at a well in the heat of the day? He said, 
I am the Messiah, and I came here for you. You have to understand something. Talk about elevating the place of women. He leaves Jerusalem, goes to Samaria, the bad part of town, meets a woman of ill repute, and she becomes the first evangelist in the kingdom of God. The first, a woman, a Samaritan, ill repute, a sinner. And she becomes the person he chooses to announce his public ministry to. Don't tell me you're too unworthy, you're too far gone, you've missed it too far for Jesus to redeem your life. What's left of it? I don't care if you're 15 or you're 75. If you have a pulse, there's a purpose. If you have a heartbeat, there's still a mission for you. God is not done with you. I don't care what you did last night. I really don't. And you know what? I don't think he cares near as much as we think he does. Religion will say you are the sum total of your behavior. God says you're the sum total of nothing. I, you're only who you are because of who I call you to be. And I've, I've called you righteous. And because of that, you are, even on your worst day. And if that sounds too good to be true, that's called the gospel. It's, too, it's so good it has to be true because it's better than we ever imagined. It's more than we can even wrap our minds around. And all we have to do is just receive it. There's not a person sitting in here today and you're not watching online by accident. You're not here because you decided to get up and come today. You're not here because you were invited today. That's all surface stuff. That's all situational stuff. You're not watching because you just happened to find us online. You're here listening, hearing, watching, experiencing what you are because God wanted you to be here today. And like the Samaritan woman at the well, in the heat of the day, he came here just for you, whoever you may be, right here, right now. So I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going back to my roots, Southern Baptist, all the way. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for me just for a minute? I'm going to invite our worship team. They're going to make their way up. We're going to go out with worship. But I'm going to just, just open my heart a little bit to you and invite you to something amazing. Jesus said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is simple. It is not complicated. We make it complicated, and I apologize on behalf of religion to you. I'm sorry for that. It's not complicated. Jesus just says, come. All who are weary, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There are people here today, you need rest. The world's beating you down right now. Culture's beating you down right now. Politics is beating you down right now. There's a real devil. He's beating you down right now. Jesus says, come to me. I'll give you rest. And here's what he didn't say. I'll completely alleviate you of all pain. No, he said, I'll give you rest. He didn't say, I'll alleviate all of your suffering. He said, I'll give you rest. So the misnomer in religion is that if you'll just come, step over the line, give your life to Jesus, then you'll live happily forever. 
Well, you may live happily, but you won't live without pain, suffering in this world. Those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, the Scripture tells us, will be persecuted. So I'm inviting you to step off and out into a journey, into an adventure, where there's going to be, there's going to be all kinds of roadblocks and all kinds of resistance and all kinds of pain and suffering because we're in the world. We're not of it, but we're in it. And as long as we're trafficking on this planet, we'll be exposed to the things that this world, this fallen world is exposed to. So I'm not promising you no pain. What I am promising you is eternal life and a real life after this life. So he offers you an encounter today. With your head bowed, your eyes closed. Lord Jesus, I lift up every person here. And Lord, if there be any one person or 10 or 20 in here who have never stepped over the line and go all, gone all in with Christ, or maybe they have, but they have just not been walking it, not living it, not experiencing that encounter, then I hold them up before you right now in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to ask for a public show. I don't need that kind of affirmation. But right where you are, your heart, your mind, your spirit, your decision, you have an opportunity to tell Jesus, yes, I'll follow you. Yes, I'm yours. Yes, I give up. Or like the Samaritan woman, you are the Christ. You are the one we've been waiting for. You're the one I've been waiting for. After we close with this song and worship, uh, some of us are going to be down here at the front, and if you need prayer for any reason, we invite you to come. Or if you need to come tell someone, I gave my heart to Christ today. I stepped over the line. We'll walk with you through that. We'll help you with that. But I'm leaving that with you. I'm putting the ball in your court because it's a heart decision after all. So Lord Jesus, I lift up all my friends here. Those watching online, I lift them up. Could this be the day that they were born for? A day of encounter where the trajectory of their life has changed forever. They'll never, ever, ever be the same again. I hold them up to you in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, let's all stand together. And why don't we, just as a way of celebrating, let's just raise up a hallelujah and celebrate. Let's have a good time.
Father, we honor you. Thank you, Lord, for showing us from your scriptures, revealing to us the truth that makes us free. Jesus is indeed Lord and Christ. We honor you. Lord, even as we go out of this place, we go out full. Lord, to leak out upon every waiter and waitress we encounter today, everyone we encounter, every merchant, everyone we encounter, we leak life, hope, joy, Father, that there would be something that comes out of us because we are full to the brim and overflowing. And Father, for our mothers, we honor and bless them, Lord. I pray for sweet times and memories to be made today. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have an amazing day.